Hello, and welcome to Fairfax 50 Plus, a series featuring discussions on issues, services, and activities of interest to residents 50 and over. I'm your host, Jim Person, and I fit into that category, and we're glad that you're here. On this edition of uh, Fairfax 50 Plus, we're going to talk with Barry Barr, a supervisor with the county's Adult Protective Services. <laughs> Barry, thanks for uh, being with us on the podcast today. Good to be here. We're going to talk about adult protective services, so a, a very basic question. What in the world does that mean? What does adult protective services do, or what are the products, okay. or what does it protect people from, I guess? Okay, adult protective services is a mandated service uh, that is uh, focused on um, addressing the issues of abuse, neglect, and exploitation of adults who are 60 and over, or they may be incapacitated if they're um, 18 to 59. Hmm. And they would be incapacitated for either mental or physical reasons usually. Hmm. So um, we received reports from some mandated reporters um, and some just people from the community. And uh, if that report uh, meets our uh, validity criteria, then we um, assign the case and proceed further. Mm -hmm. Before we go on with some of the uh, things you mentioned, like neglect, et cetera, you mentioned something called a mandated reporter. What is that? Well, um, those persons, generally they're the professionals uh, in the community who work with uh, seniors and persons with intellectual disabilities are required by law to make reports of abuse, neglect, and exploitation. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, you mentioned neglect when you were talking about the adult protective services. I, I think I might know what neglect means, but can you, can you maybe give us an example? I know there's not a typical uh, report or a typical example, but can you kind of give us a neglect well, example? I'll give you an official definition and okay. we'll talk more freely about it. Okay. Um, living under cer such circumstances that the adult is not able to provide or is not provided services to maintain their physical and mental health. Um, so that the failure to receive those services would impair or threaten to impair that adult's well-being. So, again, that also includes uh, self-neglect. So there hmm. are circumstances where um, an individual is felt to be um, at risk hmm. um, and that um, um, they, they need protection. Hmm. And so, um, for example, this morning before I came here, uh, we received a report from the police that uh, they had an elderly individual, a female, uh, I think she may be 87, who was driving her car with a suspended license and was unable to tell them where she lived or any support wow. person in her family. Um, and she also looked very hungry and uh, disheveled and uh, they were concerned. So that would be somewhat of a self-neglect sort okay. of thing. Then on the, in the neglect side yeah. would be uh, caregivers, people who are responsible okay. for that individual who are not providing the adequate uh, care for them. It might be um, a physical housing situation. It might be lack of food. It might be not taking them to uh, appropriate uh, medical appointments, um, those sorts of situations. Mm -hmm. it, do you handle, given those two examples, do you handle those reports the same way, or they're, 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 are there different ways to handle the two situations, a self-neglect case or a neglect case? Well, we, we have a general protocol, I would say, for, for all of the situations, and that is that um, we assign the case. 
our workers go out within five days to visit the individual because mm-hmm. I think the, the first thing we need to do is see the person. Right, right. Makes um, sense. And then, um, and we do that within five days unless it's an emergency. We have workers who are assigned every day for emergency situations. They would go out, go out if we thought that it was an emergency. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, we go out and we then assess the individual and the situation. So at that point, we would um, look to see you know, uh, whatever's there that we can observe. We will look at specific issues that were in the report, but we'd also um, look for other factors. So it, they might not have said there was no food in the refrigerator or not, but we might try to ascertain does the person have food for the day or how mm-hmm. they're getting food you know, or heating or clothing, right. housing, right. all those kind of issues. Hmm. Um, so getting back to your specific question, but um, if it's a neglect of an individual, um, I think the first thing we want to do is to determine the capacity of the individual. Okay. So um, uh, that individual uh, has the right uh, to live independently and to make their own decisions. And okay. so we will see if they can understand, make, and carry out a plan for their own safety and well-being. So if a person is neglecting them, can they protect themselves? Can they make those decisions so that um, they are, their safety right. and well-being are being maintained. Okay. Uh, again, if it's self-neglect, same sort of thing. We want to see, do they really understand? Do they uh, understand that, do they have a personal insight right. that, uh, that they know that they are at risk? Um, so I'll give you another ex- example. Okay. Um, and this is our more typical example. All right. Um, Either the hospital calls us or a neighbor calls us. An individual who has been living in the community has been gradually losing mental capacity so that they're no longer able to make those just basic everyday kinds Mm. of decisions. They're not dressing. They're not cleaning themselves well. They're not taking their meds. They're not able to get food. uh, Or they go to the hospital and they decide to go um, against medical advice to go home. They Rather than go to a, a, a physical therapy rehab mm-hmm. center, they say, no, call a taxi, I'm going home. Mm-hmm. And they refuse to set up in-home care, which mm-hmm. they could do through Medicare often. Okay. So they'll call us and say, this person is, is allegedly self-neglecting. They're making poor decisions for themselves, and they feel that this person's at a fall risk, for example. Right. Or... Um, or they just don't think that they can protect themselves when mm-hmm. they go home. Mm-hmm. So they'll give us a call. Uh, if it's a neighbor, oftentimes right. people have just been maintained by the community. So mm. uh, some religious organizations been seeing about this person frequently, or neighbors have been taking care of this person, and they just the, they just kind of cross the line. Mm-hmm. No, no longer can they continue to do that. It's just mm-hmm. not uh, appropriate for them to be that involved in that person's life, and they right. just feel this cross the line. Right. So they call us. Is it? Are there calls? <laughs> and I, I don't know if there's a number, percentage, or if it even happens. But I mean, I, when you were describing that kind of situation, it's like, well, I I could just be stubborn and not want to stay in the hospital, but that doesn't necessarily mean I'm self neglecting. Is there a is there a way? when your your workers or y'all are looking at these cases or I mean how do, how do you determine that whether it's just well, <clears throat> I, I just don't want to do that versus it, it really is hurting myself by not doing that well again we we depend on the on the professional that's mm-hmm. at that hospital okay. to give us that that piece of information gotcha. um, 
Sometimes it could be a home health agency that's already in the home mm, who's okay. who's being fired, for example, and this and this person still really needs help, and okay. and they may not be other family support. Um, so uh, we're going to depend on other eyes and mm. in, in ears looking at the situation to give us, and then we'll we'll receive that report and we'll determine if it's valid or not. Mm-hmm. So we, the person has to be alive. They have to have some allegation of abuse, neglect, or exploitation. Hopefully the person has seen them, whoever's making the report, mm-hmm. personally sees them See and, that, right. and knows that this is really a true situation. Gotcha. Uh, the person has to be living, and the whatever the risk factor is, it, uh, if, if it's been alleviated, then we would also not take the case. So mm-hmm. sometimes the, whatever the risk factor is, goes away, mm. then we would not take the case. So if the person dies, if a person dies, we compl- we're out right, completely right. if they die. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, you kind <clears> of <throat> address this with my next question. Uh, working with a lot of different partners, different agencies. Uh, you mentioned some hospitals, home uh, health care agencies, et cetera. Are there other county <clears throat> agencies, Fairfax County government agencies that Adult Protective Services yeah. normally works with? Uh, the way I say it is that we're tied to the hip to just about everybody. Mm, okay. you know, we go, it's, it's a back and forth. Gotcha. They call us, we call them. So if uh, the police go out, it's a person who's a domestic violence situation over 60, but there's no arrest. Uh, they would probably call us. Uh, if fire and rescue goes out, a person is frequently falling and they're refusing to go to the, to the hospital, they will, they will call us. Mm-hmm. Uh, mobile crisis goes out um, with a, a possible mental health situation and they're not detainable, uh, oftentimes they will call us. Mm-hmm. And then we also call those folks to gotcha. help us too. Gotcha. We have great working relationships with everybody. Uh, police will go out with us if we need to. Um, fire and rescue, uh, mobile crisis, mm-hmm. uh, housing. We're, uh, our whole approach is to alleviate the risk with services. Gotcha. And so we want to um, assess the situation and then put in those county services. And, and we do a lot of advocacy. We do a lot of explaining mm-hmm. of different services to individuals or get them linked up to the people gotcha. who can give them the right information that they need. Okay. I'm thinking that you know, there may be some people in the community who might not want to call Adult Protective Services because maybe they're thinking that, well, if I raise this issue, then that person might be, I don't know, put into a nursing home against their will or something. I mean, is that a, is that a legitimate concern? Can that happen? Well, um, people who call us, if there's a fear factor, I would say, first of all, that they want to remain anonymous. So people who call generally don't want the potential client to know that they've made the call. Mm. That's probably the number one right. thing that sort of happens. Okay. And I, I want to say that we always protect the name of the of the reporter. Um, by law, uh, That's that's they're protected. Mm-hmm. So there's no way that we will ever divulge uh, who the, the identity of, of the okay. reporter. Okay. Um, there are individuals, to answer your question more specifically, that will call and have certain intention. Um, they want to play out the scenario in, in, in the way they see the best result should end up. And we, we may or may not go in that direction in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, what we do is assess that individual for their physical um, um, abilities and their um, other support systems, so they may or may not uh, need uh, to go to a nursing home, or they may receive, uh, a, for example, if they're low income, 
we could help them to get screened for an EDC waiver where uh, Medicaid would pay an agency to allow them to stay in Mm. the home. So the other piece of the answer would be that we always use least restrictive measures. That's kind of one of our our, um, uh, uh, statements, our mantras or philosophies or something. Um, Because we want people to be independent. We want them to live in their home. We want them to be safe. Um, We don't want to remove people, you know, to to do out-of-home placements. Uh, and we certainly want to involve the families mm. and other support systems to help in right. in making all these decisions. Right. Uh, so we do a lot of um, preventive work. You know, we try to alert people ahead of time. You know, get those legal documents done. Mm. Get the power of attorney done. Get the will done. Let your family know what your wishes are. Yeah, uh, do uh, not resuscitate. Yeah. All those kinds of things they need to plan for, yeah. including the day when do. Do I need to go to an assisted living facility? Uh, am I falling a lot? Am I, you know, not able to really live here safely? Of course, we have other programs like Meals on Wheels and mm-hmm. so forth that mm-hmm. really allow people to stay in their home right. a long time. Wow. And uh, we help them with uh, transportation services, low-cost mm-hmm. transportation services. So we, we try to keep people in their home. Uh, we certainly advocate for them to get uh, medical evaluations and sometimes neurological evaluations. Um, so that they can, uh, again, um, live safely in their sure, home. Sure, sure. So, yeah. So placement is like our last, there's just really not a lot of right, places, right. especially for low-income people. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just not a lot of uh, open nursing home beds mm-hmm. and assisted living is very expensive. Yeah. Uh, so we try to keep people in their home. People yeah. want to stay in their home. I was, I was going to say, that's not mm-hmm. what they probably want anyway. Yeah. 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 Okay. <clears throat> um, uh, amazingly, we're, we're getting pretty close on our time here. So there's a lot more questions I know I've, I want to ask you. Uh, Maybe I'll have to come back. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, let's see what we, can, <clears throat> what we can do here in the last couple of minutes we've got left. We, we talked about neglect earlier, and I think one of the other <clears throat> Uh, um, issues that you mentioned was um, exploitation. Um, is there an example of exploitation that you can give us and maybe a, a typical type of case that you could share? Well, there, there's a number. Again, uh, exploitation would be the illegal use of the adult or the adult's resources for another person's profit or advantage. Mm. And that happens to us in, in a variety of ways. Uh, our clients fall uh, to scams and lottery scams. Um, the banks call us yeah. um, and report that um, uh, potentially um, ex- exploitive um, issues have happened, um, sudden withdrawals, large sums, mm-hmm. someone being taken to the bank that they seem to be fearful and the other person seems to be threatening mm-hmm. them to make those mm-hmm. bank transactions. Uh, sometimes um, children being put on other bank accounts and then large sums mm. disappearing, yeah. that sort of thing. Mm. Um, we also have uh, individuals who will go um, to a residence and say, I need to um, help you. You've got a limb that's going to fall on your house or your, your driveway needs fixing, right. and uh, I need some front money right. to go get my new chainsaw, Poof. and then they disappear and never see them again. Sad. We have people that have um, probably some kind of fixated delusion that they're going to win money, and they will send money to the scam, the scammers, right. and uh, they'll do it. They'll do it repeatedly. Repeatedly, yeah. and yeah. Um, they're capacitated in every other kind of way, and they've got that one. And and oftentimes they will not 
let us speak to their family. Right. Uh, and uh, it's just, it's sad. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. Uh, so there's a number of, of yeah. um, the, other, the other piece that's, that we're observing is, is because of our economy, um, mm. adult children are moving back into the home. And so they are, you know, helping themselves to their parents or their grandparents' uh, money. Hmm. And they will, um, again, take out a second mortgage. Wow. Um, they'll, they'll get themselves on different kinds of um, financial uh, schemes. And uh, they'll go out and buy the new BMW. Mm-hmm. And they themselves aren't employed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's escalated if, the, if that individual has a mental health problem or a drug and alcohol problem. Wow, yeah. uh, we have a, a lot of that. Um, and oftentimes, and we haven't mentioned abuse, but abuse also ties into this too. Yeah. There's a lot of threatening, verbal and physical threatening of, of elderly, and sometimes it's, it's attached to the exploitation mm-hmm. piece mm-hmm. too. So we have a lot of neighbors who hear uh, people uh, screaming, you know, verbally abusing individuals next door. They will, they will call mm-hmm. us. Uh, it happens in the hospitals. It happens just everywhere. It's Grocery incredible. stores will get, will get, um, will get reports yeah. of abuse. Uh, uh, caregivers are oftentimes frustrated, and they will grab the mm-hmm. uh, elderly person mm-hmm. and, and push them down into a wheelchair. Or they'll, right. in helping them to transfer to and from a bed or something, and they'll be aggressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes this will be seen even by another uh, health provider in right. the home, and then they'll give us a call and we'll go in and try to see what's going wow. on. Complicated job, so big the, job. The whole issue, like though, that. is going to be back to capacity. That's yeah. that's where uh, individuals have the right to make those decisions to stay uh, in that home and to allow that other individual to live with them. Uh, Mother's love is very strong, mm-hmm. and they rarely will ever put their own child out or grandchild out, even though they're phys- being physically abused mm-hmm. or being exploited. It's very difficult. And when you say capacity, it's not capacity of a facility to take them. It's the, ca- it's the capacity the, of the, the person. Again, it's the to person. understand, make, and carry out a plan for your safety and well-being. Mm-hmm. And people have partial capacity and partial incapacity right, right. so you can you know you i can i can convince you that it's very bad that a person with black toes is going to possibly lose their foot and you'll go along with me but when i say these are your feet and your toes let's go get those taken care of no way totally not going to happen to me not going to happen to me right. hmm. so that's that that's that yeah. line of what's yeah. what where really is capacity okay a couple more things i want to ask you before we wrap up um we kind of touched on abuse a, a, a little bit. We didn't really go deep into it, but um, and I know it's maybe kind of tough to answer, but <clears throat> what drives a person to abuse an older person? I mean, are there are there reasons that can be identified? or Like I said, I know it's complicated. I think it is complicated. I, I don't know that I have a real answer. Yeah, I can yeah. tell you what I think. Okay. I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't <laughs> That'd know. That'd be great. I don't Cause, know. Because I, I can't understand. Well, that. sometimes it's it's just caregiver burnout. Hmm. Um, people feel helpless that they can no longer really provide the care that that elderly person uh, needs. Yeah. Um, they could be frustrated for a lot of other reasons. Again, that mental health. Uh, mm. Drug and alcohol, mm. um, not understanding their own boundaries, not being able to, to stop themselves, um, their own frustrations, and uh, they they cross the line and and can't stop themselves. Yeah. Mm. Um, so. Okay. Um, last question. Um, what 
should folks do that are listening right now know about uh, reporting a, uh, maybe a suspected case? They, they're, they're thinking, you know, maybe there's some neglect there, some abuse, some exploitation. If I'm going to call or report to Adult Protective Services, what should I know before I give you guys a call? Okay. Well, the first thing I want to say is um, uh, the number is 703-324-7450. Okay. But to answer your question, we, I'm, and I'm glad you asked that because one of the things I want to say to the public is we really want people to be the eyes and ears of the community and to make mm-hmm. these calls. We may not take all of the calls. Um, but we want to hear. Oh, you'll, from, you'll answer the calls. Oh, we'll answer the calls, <laughs> okay. and we'll always get back to you right, right away. But there may and not we, be action that you yeah, can take. Th- okay. This is an intake number. Gotcha. I'm just giving you. The, they are there from eight to four thirty, and then after four thirty, it rolls over to the state hotline. They mm. take the report and they call okay. it back. And then there's also after hours um, that can, if it's an emergency then we'll, we'll respond to right. that too. But I guess what I want to say is that we really want people to make reports. I mean, this is this is what I think is being a good citizen in the community. Mm-hmm. Let us know. I mean, um, most often we, we may already even know the individual, um, but we, we want that history. Even Again, if we don't take it, this time is a valid report. We want to be able to keep that information and, um, you know, be able to um, go out if mm-hmm. we yeah the other part of the the answer is um whether a report is valid or not and that is let us know um what the suspected abuse neglect and exploitation is the the law says a person has to be at risk of so okay. in other words you don't have to have a bank statement that proves that the son is exploiting the daughter. You, you can give us other information and describe it in such a way that it tells us that that person is at risk at of. Risk. Okay. You know, you didn't see the abuse, but you heard whatever you heard. That's enough. We, mm-hmm. That's what we need to hear. Um, you, you can see the way that person looks or the, the matted right, hair right. or it, uh, we deal with a lot of the hoarding cases and I'm on the hoarding task force. So there's a lot of, you know, um, individuals who who look inside a house and say, whoa, that, you know, that, right. there's something really going on here. This okay. person needs help. Call it in. We, and if, again, if they're 60 and over, we'll, we'll, that's, that's, that's the line. Right. If they're 18 to 59, they have to be incapacitated for a mental or a physical reason. But again, right. we want people to make those, those right. calls to us. And okay. um, we, we, we want to respond. Right. Tell me that phone number again, our, and our listeners. Okay. 703-324-7450, right. and that's 24-7. Awesome. Barry Barr is a supervisor, Adult Protective Services with Fairfax County, our special guest on this edition of Fairfax 50+. Plus. And, Barry, thanks for all the good information today. Thanks for being with thanks us. Thanks for being here. And you can find more on Adult Protective Services as well as older adult services, recreation, community engagement opportunities, et cetera, at fairfaxcounty.gov slash olderadults or telephone 703-324-7948. The TTY number is 711, and that's Monday through Friday. And again, as Barry said, if you suspect an older or incapacitated adult is being abused, neglected, or exploited, that number again, 703-324-7450. 
TTY number is 711. Fairfax 50 Plus is produced twice monthly. That's twice a month, and we hope that you'll visit fairfaxcounty.gov slash olderadults. Just click on podcast for all of them. And the Fairfax 50 Plus show is produced by the Fairfax County Virginia government, and we thank you for listening.